The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. Family-owned Palermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast, located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. I need a sign to let me know you're here. All of these lines are being crossed over the atmosphere. I need to know that things are gonna look up because I feel us drowning in a sea spilled from a cup. When there is no place safe and no safe place to put my head, when you feel the world shake from the words that are said, and I'm calling all angels calling all you angels. I won't give up if you don't give up. I need a sign to let me know you're here because my TV set just keeps it all from being clear. I want a reason for the way things have to be. I need a hand to help build up some kind of hope inside of me. Brought to you by WKTV. I'm Wayne Thomas. Welcome to the 45th episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters. As always, we ask that you please keep an open mind about things that you might not easily believe as we explore the mysterious. Our featured guest is very mysterious. <laughs> she, is she is angelic with a colorful uh, vocabulary. <laughs> she is a spiritual medium, energy reader, and author of three books. Welcome to My Paranormal Life, When the Dead Come Calling, and Essence of Death. We will meet Exy Suzanne Smith momentarily. But first, before we meet Exy, let's check in with my co-host. Welcome back, a regular on the show, Kim Colleen. Hi, everybody. And setting in for Brandon Jose, please welcome a light to my life, Mama Mary Bassett. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? In my intro, I asked, I called out for angels, and it seems I was blessed with three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got three for, so that's going to be good. Um, actually, I don't know where to start. Maybe your three books. It's My Paranormal maybe Life. Maybe number this. one. When the Dead Come Calling. And the Essence of Death. I read them all thoroughly. So I want to do some, maybe some word association. I told you I have some quotes too that I want to get into to ask you about so you can expand on them and maybe we'll get into some of that colorful language that I made reference to. <laughs> um, if I did a word association, if I started out with just 
weird. What would you have to say about that, Exie? The word weird. Me. Yeah. <laughs> like literally me. Me. Yeah. And I, I own it. I love it. It's, it's who I've been my whole life. And it's like we told our son when he was little and he was, you know, he was doing the friendship things and, and having a hard time. And I said, you'll know your people when they have the same amount of weird as you do. And I said, if they don't, then you can still be friendly, but they, you know, you're going to keep looking and you're going to find, and you'll, you'll meet your weird, your vibrations in those people. And, you know, so I've always said I was weird and I, I love it. I will. I, one of these days I'll get a tattoo. Yeah. You definitely take ownership of it. And I appreciate that. You said it actually started out at a young age. Maybe I don't know if they were you teased. People thought kids thought you were weird. Is that how it started? Well, I was I was fat kid. I was a chubby little girl. And I so I the weird I hid because I didn't want people to have more ammunition against me. Because kids are really tough. You know, they can be very cruel. And so it was hard. And I so I hid all of that. I didn't nobody knew anything until I met my husband at 25 and then somewhere around 26 27 when I knew it was serious and this is the man I'd marry um I told him slowly but surely that you know I talk to dead people I see them I hear them I you know I started out by when the phone would ring the house phone you know the one you plug into the wall mm -hmm. and I I could feel that energy I didn't know then that I was a, a reader or an eater because I kill wristwatches um, <laughs> but I'd tell him I'd say hey while you're over there why don't you answer the phone and he said to me uh he was I always thought that was a great parlor trick and you know you then you think about the spider to the fly it's like come on in you know <laughs> but so I finally I had to own up to it and um so he asked me, what's, what are all the journals? Because I had journaled everything all those years. So I could, it was my outlet. Mm -hmm. uh, because you have to get it out somewhere. And I knew, you know, in the late 70s, you couldn't talk about this stuff. They would have, I'd have been seeing shrinks and probably hospitalized and on drugs. And I didn't need that. I knew what I saw was real and what I felt and just knew so I, I thought I don't need even at 12 I didn't need verification so it was it was fine um, but it was sure a good thing once ghost hunters had been out a couple of seasons on tv and I would hear people talking about it at parties cocktail parties and stuff and I thought oh well this is really interesting I think we're becoming mainstream mm -hmm. so that was about 2010 I started welcome to my paranormal life and then published it in 12 and I was of the right age. It was the right time because I didn't give a damn what anybody thought about me and what my beliefs were. I had grown up enough to be able to stand up straight and, uh, you know, look them in the eye. And if, if they teased me, that was fine. I took it in good turn. But if it got a little more serious, I just let them know, be careful or you'll end up in the second book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and boy, that was like, Oh, <laughs> they picked on Carrie too, I do believe, in the movie. So, yeah, see how that turned oh, out. I know. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, you mentioned the journals, and I had almost forgot about that. I'm wondering, they must be very detailed. 
because your book is very detailed. They really, really were. And thank goodness, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't remember. I forget things quickly, like readings. When I do a reading, I don't remember it after a few hours. I think that for me is a, as a safety mechanism just to let go so I don't consume things or burden myself with things that aren't mine to burden myself with. Um, but yeah, they, the details were there. I, when I was little, you know, I had nothing but time. So I'd sit and I'd write everything out and, uh, and wonder, wonder what this was about because I had nobody to go to. There was nothing written about it. Certainly no internet. Um, in the library, you could find a book on Halloween or witches. And um, most of those, they were buried and they'd bring them out at Halloween, you know, put them up front. And then finally, like in the mid, late 70s, um, there were some head shops that opened. Right. So you could go in there and they would talk about things. They'd talk about Wicca and, and spirituality. And, and I was little, so I wasn't purchasing, obviously. But um, I wouldn't ask questions. And they, I would get some of the strangest looks, you know, at this little girl. She's got some pretty interesting questions. Hmm. But I think I was thankful for them. You know, I carried a journal around with me, a poetic journal, but I didn't get into the detail that you must have. You kind of got into my second word association, and that was crazy because so many people out there, they don't want to talk about if they have special gifts because they don't want to get labeled or if they saw a ghost they saw a ufo they saw a bigfoot they don't want that label crazy but you you came right out and have been living up to it and i applaud you for that i want to get into some of these quotes that i got out of the book and then you can expand on them and then here's one get the hell out of my shower and stay out <laughs> that's a, that's a, some of that colorful uh, language i alluded to i i wasn't talking to my husband <laughs> right. um, it, yeah, I, I turned around, I'd been washing my hair and I turned around and there was a face about this big, like a balloon. I, I looked to see if there was a string hanging from the guy's neck because that's all there was, was this giant face. And it was like, get the hell out. So then I hear this knock at the bathroom door and it's my husband and he opens it. He goes, everything okay? And I said, well, it is now because he's gone. So yeah, my poor husband. Yeah, I know. We're going to talk about your husband some more. And you said that the bedroom was also a spirit forbidden zone. So that you don't want him in the shower. You set your limits. You said that's important. You do. And you know what? I mean, I, I seal my house. I seal everything, my car, it, everything. You know, it's like putting everything in a big bubble. Because you, you need time for just you. You need to know that it's okay to, to either open up or to have a relationship with your partner, you know? Because if you don't, spirit's watching everything, trust me. And so, you know, shower, in the bedroom, they'll, they'll be there. Um, they're nosy, they're, you know, they, some of them enjoy being a peeper. So you have to be careful yeah. and, and close things off. So I've made that the sanctuary and it's, because I sleep really deep and I don't like being startled awake like that. My, our dog would sit up and just rawr, growl at the foot of the bed and I'd look and there'd be a spirit standing there. And it was like, really? 
what we talked about this you know? yeah so, right it's like spirit obedience school so how do you um form a seal like how is that even done like is that just a, like a saying you say it or do you actually take something and sprinkle it or how does that work you could you could do any of those things mary knows this stuff too really yeah, well she does um but i'd use imagery and mm -hmm. i put a dome like a big old dome like a tennis dome like you'd play tennis in the winter or something yeah a big sports dome over my house and i also put one under my house so they cannot come in through anything and i okay. put one around my car and i drive yeah. around it's right. mental it is you're doing it mentally yes okay mary how would you how would you do it if you don't have the capability of doing that mentally how else could you protect yourself just state your peace, really. It's sort of like a spiritual law. If, if you just state the boundary of where they're not allowed, the, it's kind of like the, the rule that they have to listen. Sometimes you get the ones who don't listen, where I'll wake up in a trance state and there's something that's not so, not necessarily negative, but they're trying to get into your head. But as soon as I say, nope, go away, that's not the case, they instantly leave because they have to. It's sort of like stating your case. Hmm. Exactly. So it's yeah. either mental or verbal. Yeah. And I mean, for me too, I mean, I can, I picture it, I use the imagery, but you can, it, it's better if you state it, but you can also say it in your head. Okay. Um, I also ask spirit and I ask angels to protect me, be with me, whatever. And because you've asked, um, they will act. In your books, you talked about white light white light protection and i think you described it like maybe like a blanket or something like that over a white light protection for me it's angelic light there's heavenly light and that is for me it's a column and i will bring that down and and uh for spirit if they would like to get into it step into it and they can go home whatever that is for them Mm -hmm. um, but also for me, if I need to light my way, I use white light. If I need protection, you can put that around you. It's very intense. It's very strong. Um, but yeah, I've brought light white, white light down many, many times for spirit to, uh, for the offer to go home. I think, um, and people don't like me when I go hunt because I offer to send them home. <laughs> and it's like, well, this isn't very nice. It's like, you know, like hunting caged animals yeah. so i i kind of offer up i don't necessarily say it out loud but i do yeah. it it is the ultimate goal and i when i was ghost hunting we had mediums come in yeah and what, what we like to do was first be able to tell the client that they are they do have something and if, then if i have a medium that's right away exercising the spirit so i don't get evidence it doesn't look good for the team when <laughs> you go back and say well there was something here, but actually got rid of it as soon as she walked in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my bad. I know I've I've dealt with some wild card uh, mediums though, like that. Mary, why don't you explain uh, your spookiness? What brought you to the show? Oh, geez. Well, I've been into spirituality for a long time, but psychic channeler, medium, energy worker, healer, it's just all about raising that vibration for other people. And that's kind of what 
that's like my goal really is to connect with as many people as I can and maybe just heal one person because if you heal that one person, then they heal three with what you gave them. And then those people heal another three and it's sort of like a star, it spreads it outward. So, you know, raising that vibration of the collective whole. That's, that's why I'm spooky, I guess. I love the paranormal. I love the creepy. I love the weird. I've embraced the fact of being weird, just like Exy. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, yeah, I really don't care what anybody thinks anymore. I'm just going to do me and be happy because I'd rather just be weird and be happy than try to conform to what we've been conditioned to believe. Yeah. Okay. And you do a podcast. I do. Well, I have a, a paranormal exile podcast with my stepdaughter, Gigi. Yep. And we just got back from the, the Ohio State Reformatory, which an amazing place. Oh, it doesn't get, I took my kids down there and they, they loved it. They kept busy for like two days going <laughs> through everything. That's a and family then, um, outing there. You take them to the nut house? Yeah. yeah, that's the kind of mom I am. Let's go on a, let's go on a, a vacay. We're going to go to the Reformatory. Oh, we're going to put you in jail cell. They loved it. They had fun. Yeah. I, they might keep me. I have a, I a podcast with you, Cryptic Frequencies. Yeah, we stay yep. busy. Now, <laughs> actually, I got your goal out of your books, and that's helping people find peace in their own world. Yep. That's a, it's kind of a short statement, but there's a lot there to be said. You choose uh, Michael, the Archangel. He to, chose me. Okay. So... Yeah. Yeah, he he chose me when he came to tell me my son would survive. Um, he had testicular cancer and um, he came to tell me before we even knew he had this, that everything would be all right. And me and my quintessential best, I went, huh? <laughs> and he repeated it, which was very gracious of him. Uh, and then went back to just a little pinpoint and was gone. And it was incredible. I will never forget about it. So I have, I have uh, a piece of silver of him. And then uh, somebody sent me a beautiful bookmark with crocheted. And so I carry them with me all the time. I like the prayer of St. Francis to make me an instrument of thy peace when I'm smudging, right? But similar, you know, I want to bring peace to the living and the dead, really. It's, exactly. uh, it's easier to see when you bring peace to a living family, more so than the dead. You hope that you can get them to cross over, but it's a yeah. hard mission. It's a it's really it, hard it, mission. Yeah, it can be. And, and I say worlds because I don't know if it's the living world or the dead world and or the in-between. I mean, you can stay in between. If that is your wish, who am I to tell you you can't have that? Right. If they're practicing free will, I mean think that's what the gift that they were given so that's the way i understand it and that's why i think the church sometimes they say it's not supposed to happen that way you know you die you go somewhere you don't just hang out in limbo but we know better we know that sometimes uh, it doesn't work that way do you think that suicide complicates things exy at all or murder if someone's murdered it depends for me the the complication is state of mind of the person that has passed. That can, for me, be the biggest complication. I leave religion out of that. Um, it's sometimes difficult if I'm reading for someone that is devoutly, which it, it, it amazes me they came to me if they're that devout, like Roman Catholic, uh, for example, big one, because they really just don't believe in us. 
Um, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's what you've got to go with it, you know, own it. Um, but for me, they're the complication because it depends where they were. If they, you know, if they've passed in there of, of a good state of mind or, or let themselves come to a, a good state of mind, then we can communicate and I can give message that, that I would really like to give them that I had, you know, that they're at peace and that it's okay. And this was, you know, there's so many things involved in that in, the, in suicide. It is, it is a tough message to deliver, but I am happy to bring them the peace and the clarity and to tell these people that, um, you know, I know you were taught they're going to go to hell, but they didn't. Is, are you okay with that? You know, does that, is that sad for you that they didn't go to hell? Um, and I don't mean to ask that and be snarky about it or, or mean, but they've come to me and they're paying me for answers. Um, sometimes it's a gratis thing and I'm happy to do that too, because if it's, if it's their child or, you know, then I'm not going to charge you for that. That's still, you know, I'm not going to do that. So I, but I, I have to ha have answers to my questions. So then I can pose them to the spirit and get a really honest answer from them because that's what these people need. You know, we get left behind. And, and so we hold all of this and we hold guilt or, you know, whatever it may be, sadness for sure. And spirit goes, they can hold that as well, but they've let everything go. They've let this core body go that, you know, it's just blah. So they've put that aside and they go. And for me, everything I've pretty much seen is if it's not immediate peace, it's really soon to follow. And because there's so much learning that comes and there's just this love that you're enraptured with. And I, you know, I can't think that that's, that's bad. So those are the things I try to deliver to the client and, and along with the tissue, because you know, Mary, we go to work to make people cry, oh. and we, you know, <laughs> ah. it happens. Yeah. There's, there's a release in that though. And I, so I, you know, I tell them, don't let it go. Yeah. Let it cry, get it out. And, um, but yeah, so, you know, it really boils down to me is if the person that committed suicide depends what kind of person they were too. Most of them have been, this was all about me. It had nothing to do with anybody else. I mean, for me, 90% of the, the suicide people that are the spirits that I bring back, um, it was about them, pure and simple. You know, not simple. The reason they ended their life, you mean? That you're yeah. Saying? Yeah. Yeah. Because I had in, I had in my notes that you sometimes don't charge, and I applaud that too. I know. Yeah, it's not Man, all about the money. Sometimes these families are in such a burden already. I mean, they don't need a financial burden yeah. on top of it. With with suicide or with murder or you know, um, it's just you got to give it your heart and your soul and just help people. You know, there's people want to know when am I going to meet a man. I'm going to charge you because, okay. <laughs> you know, when am I going to find love? Am I going to get rich? Well, possibly. And, you know, we go from there, but that's a whole different bag. And that's a whole. Yeah. Do they want to know when, when they're going to die? They do. And I do not tell them that is not up to me. Right. I don't want to see it. I ask not to see it. 
Um, I do let them know sometimes um, who will be there with them and who will come for them Okay. Uh, and carry them home or help them. Who, what do you mean who will come for them? When I, like, like when my mom and dad passed, yeah. at the heads of their beds were their parents and their siblings and uh, my brother that passed. Oh. They were all there in spirit, standing there guarding and ready when my mom and dad, when they were ready to go, when it was their decision to take their last breath. Mm -hmm. Then they would take them home. My dad carried my mom home. Oh I looked God. up and my, I could see the back of all of them. And my dad was carrying my mom and I could see the top of her little head and just the bottom of her little feet. And he was carrying her home. And it was just like, okay, you know, it, wow. was, it was tremendous. Yeah, there's got to wow. be comfort in that, I would think. There, you know, there is. I still, I just miss them tremendously yeah. they were of course yeah they were they were cool sometimes they're a pain in the ass but we parents can be you know so, job. so it's, it's not all grim reapers coming no. to get you nope <laughs> no his but my, my mom i mean her brothers and sisters were there her parents were there her mother-in-law my grandma was you know all of them were there um my her my aunt her sister-in-law was there um her That's son cool. my Robert, who died after a couple of hours after birth, was there. Um, oh so God. it was just, it was a reunion and, and it's an honor. And it's, it's, it's an honor it's in the way I, they looked at me and the way they held themselves and they were yeah. guarding her and protecting her and were ready. Wow. She, she knew, she knew they were there. Yeah. You know. This fits cool. right in. Well, the final thought that we had a couple uh, shows ago, I think we had it on, uh, or tried to get it on cryptic frequencies, but do you believe dead loved ones visit people on their deathbed? It's kind of like that, you're, like you're answering that question right there. Mm -hmm. And I, I have two, when people are in hospice, but they're in hospice for care, not necessarily hospice in the process of dying. Mm -hmm. um, they've, you know, there's many documented events of people talking the the nurse or the children think that mom's just talking to the corner well mom's not just talking to the corner you know so i do readings and i'll say well you know that was either grandma or that was your dad or you know and it and they look at me like how'd you know that <laughs> and i just think that's so sweet that's so cute and it's like well that's kind of i don't know it's just what i do and um but it's it's nice it's a comfort and they are there to yeah. keep them company and to let them know they're not alone and yeah that's such a gift that's yeah. a nice warm thought yeah it happens so often that nurses have different names for it deathbed visions end of life experiences death related sensory experiences yeah it's like they come back they kind of like preparing preparing you for the journey i guess helping you maybe deal with some uh, some business that you had that's maybe not exactly um, comfortable in your mind. Yeah, that's a, that's a really a warm thought that they would be coming back. Um, how about uh, signs? Do you, do you notice like everyday signs? I think you talked about songs. There's some songs that were significant to you. There was the... 
the, what was my first book, um, and I can't remember the, now, the name of the song, but it was um, in the, one of the lyrics, it was the rest is um, yet unwritten, is still unwritten, and the words are on my lips, and um, it, it just kept playing, and I was like, well, it isn't exactly a current song at the time, and it would have been about 2011, because I edited my first book to death, and finally everybody was like, "Just publish the thing," you know. It was like, "Just take the take the job." So I, the one day I get in the car, and I turn it on, and it's Xfinity, so or XM or whatever, and so the song comes on, and I thought, "Well, okay," and it's playing, and then before it's done, I get to the store I'm going to, and I walk into the store, and it's the same song is playing at the exact same place I got out of the car. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that, that's really probably not a, a, that much of a coincidence. And I get back in the car and turn the car on and the song plays again. Right. Like, it's not that, it wasn't that popular of a song anyway, you know, but then years later. So I came home and uh, found a, a real editor, sent it off to her and uh, published it because it was like, okay, all right. Well, like how many signs do you need? Right. right. I'm a Virgo, so I need it a lot. <laughs> I was calling that a significant coincidence, but it's really a synchronicity. Yeah. Mary, didn't you have some song, a, a song too that was was like that that uh, had to do with the dead? Yeah. Well, yeah, I have quite a few different songs like that. The one was my my dad passed away quite a few years ago, and probably about a couple of months after he passed away. It's um, I think the song's by by John Mellencamp, a little a little ditty by Jack and Diane. Right. Oh yeah, that came on one day and it made me think of my dad. And I said, okay, I said, well, Dad, I said if that was you, before I get out of my car, I want you to play it one more time so I know that that's your song when you're around. And the moment I played, I pulled into my driveway, the song started playing again. So it's just one of those. It is a synchronicity. So I know every time I hear that song, he's with me. And like another song, um, it's called uh, Home by, I think it's, oh, I forget the name. I think it's Phillips. But um, that song, when I first started getting into my spirituality, was I always took that as a sign for my guides. And so it's sort of like what Exie was talking about. The first time I ever went to a psychic fair, I was like, what? What the heck am I doing? I don't even, what am I doing? Why am I even doing this? <laughs> and it played all the way to the restaurant I was eating at. Walked into the restaurant, it started playing again. Got back in my car, started playing again. So it was kind of like the sign for my guys that I was on the right path. I was doing exactly what I was supposed to, even though I was scared. I was scared. I'm like, what the heck? I wasn't ready for it, but I was. It was just, you know, one of those things, signs. Pay attention to the signs that are all around us. Nonstop. You just have to just pay attention. Yeah. Like, wake up. I think once you start paying attention, you get better at it. Yes. Post them quicker, mm -hmm. whether it's a money you find money uh certain kinds of changes or feathers butterflies different things um, numbers 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 are a big one is there certain numbers for you that are significant for a year i saw 11 11 i mean i wouldn't even think about it and i'd look up and it'd be 11 11 or it'd be on a billboard or a lotto <laughs> and so that and then the last few days it's been uh, 555. So, oh, so hmm. an okay. angel number, those ones that repeat, you know, this is the 45th episode. 
And the angel number for 45 is a call from your guardian angel to pursue your passions. Wow. Yeah, it has to do with persistence, effort, determination, focus, and it indicates massive changes in life. Mm. So your guardian angels are telling us that we've got changes, massive changes coming up. I don't know what that's going to be, but that, that's know. with 45. I, I see, I see that too. I mean, seven and 11 are lucky numbers. Of, at least if you're in Vegas, it can be. Well, it is a full <laughs> moon lunar eclipse today, which is all about huge changes, not just like normal changes with a full moon, but major impactful for the next six months, huge changes. Like everything that you thought you were doing is going to completely be something different. I hope so. Hey, I'm out, I'm hugging people again. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> You're not, Kim? Oh, yeah, of course. You never stopped, probably. Yeah, well, you know. Well, you have kids. You have to hug your kids. Right. That's, that's part of the job. I mean, we're all vaccinated now, even my 15-year-old. So the only person in my whole family that hasn't been vaccinated is my seven-year-old. So, and yeah. I cannot not hug him. I mean, we got good not- changes coming out instead of the bad changes. Actually, in your second book, the very first, you start out talking about prayer dolls. Hmm. And you said uh, that was the one thing that's frightened you because of this, this box that came with it. It had secrets in it. You didn't want to bring your mother over by the table. Because- it was the creepiest <laughs> table and the creepiest woman behind this table. I mean, I knew she was possessed. She was definitely, there was something working in her. And because she looked at me and her eyes were black. And it, oh, I just kind of went, whoa, okay. Because I had my hand over this box. It was really cool. I had a beautiful silver cross on it. And my hand was just above the box. And in my head, I hear, do not touch that. And yeah. I, I flipped my hand back and I looked up at her. She gave me the creepiest grin. Like she, I expected to see like weird teeth or like she was going to come over the table and bite me on the neck or something, you know, like, right. I, I just was like, thank you very much. And I was starting to feel nauseous. So my mom was still a couple tables down and I went over there and I'm like, do not go near that table. You no, don't even touch anything there. And she goes, but the boxes, I said, I know they're really cute, Yeah, but don't touch them. Do not touch those. So it's like, I expected to smell burning flesh if I touched it. I swear. They sounded cool. Like I might've been tempted. I tell people don't bring souvenirs back from haunted locations. And we've had to go to houses that somebody did bring something back. Now they've got some kind of attachment. Yeah. I don't know. I would rather stay away from that stuff myself. If you can. Um, it's hard though. You get, go to an antique store and you bring something home and you think it's innocuous and you're not even, I've done it, not even paying attention. And in a short amount of time, there's stuff starting to happen in your house. It's like, oh, come on. I did it to myself. So you get in there and I have smudge spray now. So I smudge the box. I go through the house. It's like Lysol. For- like holy yeah. water? Holy water? It's a, it's a sage water. Oh. And it has crystals in it and okay. has a little bit of patchouli and a little bit, you know. 
but and I love the way it smells. I use it on my tables before I, I read. And, but so I went through the house. <laughs> Does like, that oh. get rid of an attachment then to- It object? got rid of what was in the house and oh. got rid of it. It couldn't go back to the, the thing it was on. I forget what okay. it was, a table or something. And um, so it couldn't go back to that. So I just chased it out and I put it on the front of a car on the busy road out front and it headed north. You yeah. put the spirit on a car. Yeah. And yeah. I told him okay. that he couldn't attach to the person in the car or the car in about okay. five or six miles. It had to get off. There's a field up there and it had to be, it could <laughs> stay in the field. And That's awesome. I had, I had mother nature forewarned and I had her act. And so. Now, why wouldn't you just open up a heavenly column and send this poor creature up to heaven? He didn't want to go yeah. Some anywhere. People, things don't belong in heaven. Well, in that, or or he just, um, so that's why I gave him back to Mother Earth, because I thought, you know what, she's got the power, and she mm -hmm. what to do with him, cleanse him and set him free, or or just take him, take him in, so I just, I just let him go. Okay. Yeah. It could be some kind of elemental entity that's more earthbound. You also used salt water in a spray bottle which i thought was a great idea i'm going to incorporate that rather than spread salt around all over someone's house i'm just going to spray them with salt water well sometimes you have to do both um sometimes the salt um that'll just just take it um but then the salt too is good for dividers and sometimes they've you know you need a little stronger so i've got the black salt too but um sometimes you do need just good old salt. And I'm not fancy. I just buy a big container of Morton salt. Yeah. <laughs> Shove it in my bag and off we go, you know, and, <laughs> um, but it, you know, sometimes I, I just, I like that so that then I know I'm not chasing a spirit around. It can't go back to where I just was. Yeah. So is that a border then they can't cross that? Yeah. 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 And then, you know, within the room, there are places where you can't burn sage. It's either where there's um, smoke alarms are hardwired or in a house I investigated. And this, this house was gorgeous and they had just redone it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like a 5,000 square foot multi-million dollar house. So she didn't want me to burn anything. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I used salt water as I went through because it, it would just evaporate and it was, it shot high enough. It wasn't you know, wasn't going to collect anywhere. And I wasn't over furniture because they hadn't, they'd spent one weekend there and they'd owned it for six months and she was scared to death to be in there. Oh, wow. So I was like, whoa, nice to have options. You yeah. Know? yeah. I've seen but people it, wouldn't go back to the house they just purchased. They wouldn't bring their children back there. Yeah. Wow. So these were, they were older kids and the kids were gone, but, um, and it was just the nicest spirit and he was following her around because she oh. was a medium. And she didn't realize she was a medium. I walked in and I'm like, well, her crown's wide open and her third eye is blinking at me. So he, he is attracted to her because he wants help. <clears throat> he was looking for his wife. And um, the sweetest thing was his dog showed up. So I set this column of white light up and the wife and his son are up there. And he thinks that's wonderful. But the dog shows up and he is gone. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I wonder how the wife feels about the fact she was, you know, chopped liver to the dog. Ghost and dog or live dog? Ghost. Both, all, all of them up at the ghost top dog. of the column. 
And so, so he, in my head, I hear from the wife, she goes, it's wonderful that he, he loved all God's creatures. Including oh, so he chose the dog over the wife? That dog is what got him to go home. I, oh. yeah, <laughs> I laughed. So your dog's waiting for you. Hey. Oh, your dog's up there. So yeah. he went, he went to go be he with the dog. Good. Yeah. Oh. His wife and his son were there too. And everybody was peeking over the edge. And then the dog's head popped over and he went, oh, he stepped into it and was gone. It's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. He came home and asked my husband, do you love the dog more than me? <laughs> In your books, sometimes I got confused. You were talking about your dogs and like it was part of the family. So I, I wasn't sure if you were talking about a kid and then. Then whether the dog was alive or dead, but apparently no. you you really believe that they are in heaven or wherever they're in the next life. They are, and for me, from what I've seen and and what I really want to believe, and 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 because I've seen it, I I choose to hold it in my heart that when we go home, all of our animals greet us first, oh. and you can't hold them back. So they're the first ones there, and I just want to lay down and get puppy kisses and. I'm hoping I didn't have an elephant or a camel in a past life because I'll get yeah. trampled to death. But right. yeah, mine are birds, and oh, you would think a little nice. brain bird would know. But as soon as I pull in the driveway, he starts chirping. He's he's Aww. ready. Oh yeah, yeah, little pea brain bird. You know, dreams are a big thing in your books, and you talk about different kinds: prophetic, uh, visitation, and lucid. Maybe we could cover those that's a really long topic but it, it's one i'm interested in mm -hmm. they're and they're so different um people are always like well how do you know you had a visitation dream and i'm like because you you will remember it you it is so real and it is so etched and it's just there i mean you can touch who i i mean i and i felt my mom's face against mine in a dream it's just so real. It's you wake up and you don't, you know, a lot of dreams you'll wake up and you have just been there and, and it's like two seconds. It's like, I can't remember that dream. Well, you're not supposed to, and that's okay. You were working something out and hopefully you did. But um, yeah, they, they, for me, the two, these visitation dreams are, some of them are prophetic too, all in one. And there's lessons to learn and there's messages being given and, um, you know, just a lot of times it's just wake up and you're already where you wanted to be. You just don't know it yet. Um, I had a dream once I was in a, I was in a chair and it was this old hospital and it was one of those old secretarial chairs with that little tiny disc for the backrest. I thought they thought that was comfortable. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm in it and I'm going backwards. And I go through these doors, these like hospital doors. And the minute I go through those doors, my chair spins around and I'm going forward. And I woke up and I thought, whoa, I'm going to lose my job. But there's a new job on the other side of that door. And within two days, I lost my job. And that was what gave me the okay to write my book because I, I had the free time then. So it was, there was a door, one door closed and another one opened. But why yeah. a hospital? I wonder. I think it was just the doors. Okay. So I, I because so it was, being in a hospital really didn't have anything to do with it. It was a sort of like this simulation of one 
door closing, another one open. It just happened and, to be in a hospital. And I wasn't where I was supposed to be because I was going backwards. So once I went through the doors, I was facing forward and going forward. And that told me that, yep, that's where I'm supposed to go. And so I'm going to go forward toward this. And hmm. it was cool. It was. That is cool. Do you recommend that people write down their dreams? Absolutely. Yeah, I think because we work out so much stuff while we sleep. That's my my premise. The biggest thing is we work out struggles, anxieties, um, plans, you know, loss, futures, excitements, and it's all there. So to write them down, well, and that, so then I've published a, several of them. Um, and if I hadn't, I wouldn't have remembered them, but that's it too. Then now you have the internet. You can piece your dream, piece your dream apart because you've written it down. And, and what does it mean to go suddenly I'm, I'm turned around and I'm facing forward and I'm moving forward. Well, to me, it was kind of self-explanatory, um, but somebody else it might not be. And I would Google it and look it up and see what it has, you know, and look at everything that was in the dream. You know, did it, was it, did it mean anything? There was circular, two circular windows. Am I supposed to pay attention to the number two? Am I, you know, and why not look that up, see what it means. What does two mean? And look up spirit number, look up life numbers and, you know, and go from there because they showed you everything because you're supposed to take it in. There's, there's a message mm. and there's so much usually that you can't, but so you kind of pick it and, and go from there. Um, if you've written so, it down, then you can later go back. So question, Otherwise, I had a really bad dream last night. I can't shake it. I can't get rid of, I can't get it out of my head. But well, what does that mean? I mean, it was, it was terrible. It had something to do with like an animal dying because it was my fault. It, it was well, just, it was terrible. That just could mean it's at the end of something like getting the death card in a tarot reading doesn't necessarily mean death it could mean the like the end of my job the end of a friendship um mm, okay. the you know the end of your car the end of where you live the okay the culmination of something is kind of what it sounds like and sometimes they're that big and that vivid because they really want you to pay attention to them yeah i mean i just in my dream i fell down on the on the ground i know exactly where i was who I was with, I could see colors. I knew it was the daytime. I literally fell to the ground screaming and crying because I had done this terrible thing that was an accident. Um, you know, it's like, how do you interpret something so terrible into something that, what are they trying to show me? Well, I mean, I think you're a very sensitive person anyway. Yeah. So, you know, you take things in and you take things to heart. Yeah. But pay attention to who was in that dream as well and what was happening there. Um, to me, it just feels like it's the end of something. It's not the yeah. end of someone, um, which mm. is good, but it does. It feels like there's change coming. There's a, mm. going to be a pretty big change. Yeah. That was all in line. 
So Actually, I think you said that dreams are like uh, windows into our soul. I think you said that in the book, unless I'm making that up. I could be because I didn't write it <laughs> <Sounds> down. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you said you dream in full color, vivid, active and nightly. And you also talked about the lucid or astral uh, dreams, which is something I hadn't really gotten into really much about. so cool. I love it when I travel astral travel. I love that. I, I miss flight. I used to tell my mom when I was little, tiny, like three and five years old, I miss flight. I miss flying mom. And she'd be like, okay. You know, and I'd go out and get as high as I could on the swings so I could get that feeling back. So when I travel in a dream, it is the best. It's just, you feel light and you know, you can do what you want and it's the freedom you know, to move about. Um, I've, I've gone to visit aunts, uncles, my grandma, my parents that way. And it's, it's just the best. I, hmm. I mean, I, what about you, Mary? I just think it's fabulous. I have typically used to visit family members and usually end up finding myself in like, like in the middle of um, a white kitchen at a kitchen table. And we're sitting across from each other and talking. And I, I've had a couple of with my guys where they've taken me. The most vivid one I remember was, it was odd because it was like at a garage parking lot with a bunch of different garages. And when I went into the garages, I was walking in water. But they just kind of showed me that I was, you know, astroplaning. It was just, it was odd because I remember um, that I was doing a guided meditation. And I could still hear the guided meditation, but I was in a completely different place. But I was still there. So definitely, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to visit places and not have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, oh, you've been to some cool places. Now you're empathic. And one of the places you went to was the Bridge of Size. Robin Trower did the song Bridge of Size. That's about as much as I knew about it. But you've been there. Maybe you can explain what the Bridge of Size, where that led to and how oh, it got yeah. its name. That was their last view out a window, um, maybe for a lifetime, usually. Um, <clears throat> but it was it was over a canal in Venice, yes. and you went from like government to prison. Prison. And uh, most times you just went there and you were imprisoned for life, and it was horrible and awful. Um, but they had, there was a window, and it was about this big, and it had little bars on it and it was it was just a, a really pretty view down a canal kind of thing and I really didn't even think about protecting myself and felt everything hurt screams misery sobbing just fingernails you know being torn out because I didn't want to be dragged away from that window and I looked at my husband he looked at me and he goes you okay and I'm like I will be in a minute so, you know, I'm doing protection and I'm trying to bring myself back into me before we go into the area where they were in prison. Because I thought, oh boy, we're just getting deeper, you know. But yeah, it was, it was, that was pretty fabulous. Bridge of size got its name because of the size, all the size people sighing as they're going, walking to prison. It's made of white limestone and limestone is one of the things that absorbs that residual energy and then plays it back. So I can't imagine you say being empathic, you don't even want to go out into a crowd 
And now you go to maybe one of the worst places that I can think of. It was a trip. It was a trip. And I didn't even think about it. I mean, because I'm just so overwhelmed by being in Europe in the first place, because it was yeah. a long time dream. And then to go there, it was just like, oh, okay. And you're doing a tour and you're following everything. And it was like, wait, what am I doing? Uh, because it was like screaming in my head and tension, you know, you're just, it was, it was, it was misery in like a minute and a half dose. I bet for some, for someone like you or some of our other friends that are very empathic like that, Mama Mary, I'm sure. And then I learned a lot by reading your books. You talked about spiders as totems. Yay. That was kind of about how they have a feminine energy of patience and creativity. And you had a, some kind of incident. It was in the winter, though, and I seen a spider. We went, there's a, there's a school and a church near us. It's called St. Mary's and it's in Orchard Lake, Michigan. And it's beautiful. And in the winter, they have a, they have a, a gazebo there. It's all, um, it's not a gazebo. It's a, um, um, oh, I can't think of it, but it's, it's like a little cave <clears throat> and it's beautiful. And there's candles you can light and make tribute. And they have set up, they have the mother and uh, they have Mary and Joseph and the baby and camel, you know, fate, but these camels are huge and they're out on the lawn yeah. and the, the wise men are there. So nativity. The nativity scene and nativity. they are in a grotto. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. And so baby's in the grotto and then around the corner is another one that with, with and it's just so gorgeous. All the, the tears of lit candles and really beautiful it was a cool ending to a great night so we're in there and we're in the car it's probably another 20 minute drive home and then get out of the car and it's my husband my son and I and we're letting the dog out and taking shoes off and coats and and I bent over to take my shoes off and a spider about this big comes off of my <laughs> collar that was under my coat and drops down to the floor and I tap dance the thing to death. I should have, I, well, and I wasn't going to, it's winter. I can't put him outside, but I'm, I'm screaming. And so everybody's running into the bedroom, husband, son, dog. And it was, my husband said, only you would attract a spider at, you know, five below. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I had to be in that gazebo or in the, in the grotto with all the lit candles and it got mm -hmm. warm and woke up and. I know that you're on a case where Rose Quartz was important to you. And you, you talked about that, Crystal. And a friend of mine just gave me this giant crystal. <laughs> Look at this thing. Ooh, that's that's a biggie. I know. Someone very nice, very sweet person gave me this. <laughs> right, Mama Mary? That's right. Yeah. And <laughs> along with this giant Petoskey stone. Oh. So... Good energy in those. And then she gave me something for protection. It looks like there's, I'm not everything. Mary didn't make this up, but there's different seeds in here and some sage. And I do have a uh, smudging coming up. Yeah, I, I believe in that. I'm going to take some with me, certain ones. Um, Mama Mary, what's the uh, clear quartz? Yes. What's this good for? That's a good amplifier with anything you have. So if, if you want for protection, you carry like 
tourmaline or black obsidian with you, a patchy tear. And if you carry that with it, it would just amplify it. It's okay. a very cleansing crystal. It's a very just anything that you put it with amplifies everything. That's why it's really good for crystal grids. And then if someone wanted a kit for, for some empathic people, what would they want to include in, in their kit for empathic people? First thing I would go for is like um, a chakra kit with stones because that balances all of your chakras and all your energies. And that's the first thing you need to do when you're an empath is learn how to balance your chakra so that you can block the energy when you need to. When you can control that energy, you can control the energy that's around you. Okay. Well, we may have, we may need some of that because there is a, I do have a case coming up. We actually need to move into the end of the show. And then so shout outs. Shitan Noir was our last guest. Uh, you guys all know her. She's an author, a cryptozoologist. Very interesting. You really never know what she's going to talk about. <laughs> and then uh, shout out to Brandon Jose. He's doing the formatting. Actually, anybody you want to shout out to? Maybe somebody that was a mentor or family member? Oh. Your well, dead, always dead dog, maybe. Oh, my Lola, my little girl. <laughs> I know Lola through the book. I thought it was one of your kids. Well, oh, you talk about was, Lola. <laughs> she was my daughter. I mean, she just was. She was my baby. Um, but always my husband and my son. I wish them well, and you know, all my families and friends. And you know, it's it's like, go forward, do it, be it. Don't wait. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. There you go. That sure isn't. Shout out, Mama Mary. Anybody? Oh, I'm going to give a shout out to my stepdaughter, Gigi, with Paranormal XL, and then my best friend, Kristen Roberts, because anytime I need advice, she's there, and she doesn't uh, she doesn't hesitate to boss me around if necessary, which is okay. always good. Keeps you in line. I'm pretty stubborn. She's a good lady. I like her yeah, a lot. She is. Yeah, we're getting to be a regular community. Kim, shout out to anyone. Oh, shout out to my new boss, Renee, um, for being so patient with me while I basically learn a new career from the ground up. Um, so I'm undertaking um, a huge career change, uh, actually not even a change because, you know, I've been a stay-at-home mom for the past 15 years. And um, my passion has now focused to a home-based business as a travel agent and um, nice. very, uh, so much to learn, put it that yeah. way. Yeah, and good luck with that. Mistakes have been made. <laughs> Thank you? God it wasn't a client's vacation, but you know, yeah. a lot of change yeah. happening in my life. So <laughs> upcoming and ongoing, actually, did you just get back from the just got back from New Orleans. We set up a trip and we took uh, Candace Isaacson, Candy and I, Lady of the Lake. We took uh, 10 people with us and set up a tour, set up some ghost hunts and uh, all stayed in an Airbnb and had a riot. It was a blast. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned ghost hunts and in your book, you, you said the USS Edson's the gray ghost. It's over in Bay City. You said if people want to go somewhere and check out a haunted ship, that'd be it's, one. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, Mama Mary, uh, upcoming, ongoing? Ooh, next weekend I'm going to be at the Gypsy Festival all weekend at Elgin Ooh. County Fairgrounds. Oh. I'm going to be taking my gypsy wagon out there, so. 
I might cool, even dress cool. up as a gypsy. I haven't decided yet. Oh yeah. I would go and I would go to see that. I wanted to go last year. I think they ended up canceling it last mm -hmm. week or something. So hopefully, yeah, don't let me forget about that one then. Uh, Kim, upcoming ongoing. Hmm, just working hard at home. That's about yeah. it. For for us, it's UP Bigfoot and Sasquatch Research Organization. Rich Meyer and Jim Sherman will be on next month. And then we have an award-winning author, Kathleen Rydell Tetson. Um, Mama Mary and I have interviewed her on cryptic frequencies. She's got a series of books out. So yeah, we love promoting authors like yourself, Exie. Thank you. We appreciate it very much. And then the, the final thought that I had was, was there a single event that told you that you were on the, your right path? Mama Mary, you actually covered that already earlier in the show. I was going to tell you, you should have known that you could <laughs> bring it up before I can, but uh, that's what she does. She's like that. She reads my mind and stuff. So yeah, any uh, confirmation that you were in the right direction, a sign of our synchronicity told you. Actually, was there a moment like that, a single event that told you you doing what you need to be doing? Well, when I had that spooky visitation at 12, I knew that this was probably the direction I was going to go in because they did not want me to go there. Yeah. Yeah. You brought that up too. Both of you have brought up that before I could even get to it. So repeat yours again, Mama Mary, your single event that told you you're on the right direction. That That's pretty much it was when uh, the first time I was going to the psychic fair and I kept on hearing the songs over and over right. again. Yeah. Excellent. Because that and, first one's scary. <laughs> okay. Oh, I bet. Yeah, have you gotten one recently, Kim, maybe that told you, yeah, this is what I need to be doing. Um, maybe not in the paranormal direction, but in just in the direction of your life. Yeah. You know, I think my whole life has accumulated to this moment in time. Um, having a 24-year-old special needs son who seems like from the day he exited the womb was into the world of Disney. I mean, yeah. he was just always that is the one thing that just made so much happiness in his life. And so I think this has culminated to me making these path choices because of having myself. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've shared synchronicities from the very time we met when I, when you gave me your yep. tulip, tulip city ghost hunters patch yep. here. Um, to where I am now, I mean, through WKTV, yep. just, just all these lining up, meeting Mama Mary, yep. she introduces me to Axie, it's all just everything just tied together, I love it. We so, found our people, Wayne. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's the vibrational it's, weird. <laughs> how we started the show, we also started the show with the... Um, I love those angel wings you got in the background, actually, because it fits right in with calling all angels. And in the in the song, they talk about hope, about I need a hand to help build up some kind of hope. And so I tied in the inspirational thought to that. And it's it's by Lainey Taylor. Don't know her, but here it is. Hope can be a powerful force. Maybe there's no actual magic in it, but when you know what you hope for most and hold it like a light within you, 
you can make things happen almost like magic. So this has been very magical for me. That was wonderful. And look Sun at the light shine on, Wayne. Oh I know. I'm like, what happened? That what is happened? Angelic. He's angelic. I know. <laughs> I'm Thanks so much, everybody. I appreciate this. Actually, I had two pages. We didn't get half of it done. So I hope we can talk again soon. I would love that. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was great to see you, Mary. Great to see you again, yeah, Kim. Great to see you. Thank you. Congratulations on that new job. Oh, thank you. It'll be great. It'll be great. Thank you. I'm under a different light here. Peace yes, out. You are. <laughs> see ya. Family-owned Palermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. Located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.